thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TJF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not so favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by PR creative and horror lover, Brett. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. And this is definitely a horror film we love. Thank you yes. so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love it because uh, what well, we're, we're speaking about what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, um, I jumped the gun a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> because um, New Zealand and Australia, you know, we're a, a sea, an ocean apart, but we have just very similar senses of humour. Um, it's definitely very uh, Australia Pacific type of humor. And so I'm really surprised that so many people in, you know, the States and, and whatnot love this film. Cause I was like, do they, do they understand how ridiculous our humor isn't? <laughs> like it's very subtle and very morbid. Right. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for all Americans, but I will say, I think it's, I think it's cause it's, more of it but it it's still like light and giggly where it's like they're kind of like joking about how dark things are that like right off the bat you're like okay like they don't they don't even it's not that they don't give you like room to to sit and breathe with like crazy things that happen but it's like oh it moves so fast that you're like okay like yeah I'll process it after that uh <laughs> that that, that that thing just happened and it resulted in a lot of blood like we'll go we'll go from there (laughs) I think that's what I love about it because it's just so it's not a self-aware film like it is but they don't make it out to be Mm -hmm. because yeah I don't know uh like I'm a huge fan of uh Jermaine Clement uh because he's in Flight of the Concords and I loved that television show um there it's also a uh like a musical group as well like musical comedy group and so Flight of the Concords cracked me up. And so Jermaine Clement is just fantastic. And even with Tyker, it's just, they're just brilliant. Uh, they're bu- brilliant screenwriters and um, comedians. And it's just so crazy to think like Tyker did all these incredible action films and Thor. And it's just like, what? <laughs> and you're in a like, poly relationship. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's the, he is the person we all need. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he's rocking it in like the floral yeah. print button downs, like constantly. Oh. I love it. I love he was it. actually at a, uh, the uh, RuPaul Drag Race Down Under launch. Oh, wow. In, in Sydney. And I was like, oh my God, how do I get an invite to oh, these yeah. things? Oh yeah, like, that sounds like a great event to be at. <laughs> I was like, why did I go to video games and not movies and TV? <laughs> I could have been at this just staring really creepily at Taika from across the room like my friend did. <laughs> I've never met Taika, but I've met Jermaine once. Oh, that would be really, cool. That was really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, what order we want to, you know, just if I can, like, jump into that real fast, but it's, like, not yeah, go for it. Not related to not movie related but it's the tv show related i worked like a press day for the tv show and i was with um uh i was walking around the actor that plays colin robinson uh mark brooks and he's like the nicest person he's so lovely and you know sometimes when you're working as a publicist like you know you're kind of with your talent and you're waiting to get them to interviews and we were waiting between interviews and he was just like 
oh, you should meet Jermaine. And he's like, Jermaine, this is Brittany. She's awesome. It was like, oh, this is amazing. Dead. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is lovely. He was like, oh, I was like, I really like your show. He's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like, oh, so so casual. And versus, you know, yeah. sometimes it's, it is it is a job. It is a it is work. So sometimes like talent just wants to not talk and just mentally prep for their next interview or whatever. So it was just like the loveliest. And so like Colin Robinson is is my dear. <laughs> That's um there was uh, uh an event that I went to. It was like a media and like industry event for an a rooster teeth convention that is here. Rooster oh, yeah. rooster tooth, rooster teeth. Rooster teeth, yeah. 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 And so I'm standing in this, like, just having drinks and, like, some, like, canapes and whatnot, and Hideo Kojima walks into the room, and I was just like, holy freaking <laughs> shit. And I look at my friend, and I was like, can I go ask him where the next Silent Hill game is? <laughs> Where's my Silent Hill game? And he's like, oh, you know, and Hideo is one of those people that doesn't like to be approached. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll just chill out. But also, where's my Silent Hill game? Yeah. But yeah, um, no, I've, I've met some really cool people, mainly in video games. Um, I remember our press day, we had, um, we actually had the creators for Devil May Cry series over in Australia for another convention. And they are the coolest people in the whole freaking world. Like, they are just so much fun, so friendly, and um, they were they were an absolute pleasure to hang out with. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, and I know podcasts are an audio medium but the face you made like telling that story was oh my gosh I, I wish I could describe it that was amazing <laughs> like it was really like cartoon eyeballs like oh my god <laughs> oh my god Hideo Kojima but it was it was cool I was in the same room as him and that's uh a lot more than what other gamers can say about yeah. Hideo Kojima I know there's like a big Thing about him at the moment and everyone's trying to get him cancelled because he's tr- doing a video game with Xbox the rumours so they say and I'm just like oh fuck off Game- yeah. gamers um, gaming PR is <laughs> so frustrating <laughs> it's uh, pa- it's a passionate audience and I'll leave it at that I'll leave it at that <laughs> I would um Look, a big shout out to all video game community managers. Because... Yes, yeah. Like, oh give my them God. love. Give them love. Yeah. Um, love your favorite video game company community managers. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they're the MVPs. Yeah. And those tweets uh, are not drafted by interns. We got to stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop thinking that interns are pushing publish on these tweets that... Oh god. Corporate accounts with millions of followers. <laughs> like, I love that. Oh gosh. Oh no. It's not. It's your social media managers that are hitting publish on that. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I just yeah. Social media management's like a whole nother story. Whole um so we're talking about what we do in the shadows. So a little yeah. bit about the movie. It is a 2014 New Zealand mockumentary horror comedy film written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Watiti. And it's the first installment of the entire franchise, uh, which went on to do a TV series. Um, so I think there's two seasons. There's two seasons completed, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're working on the third now, or at least like, yes. not, like the okay after season two ended. Yeah, which is really cool. 
Um, so the film stars Clement and Watiti, along with Jonathan Bruges, Ben Francham, Corey Gonzalez, I can't say his last name, Mas- Macua. That's how you'd say it in Australia, Masua. Uh, Stu Rutherford and Jackie Van Beek. The film's plot concerns several vampires who live together in a flat in Wellington. Which, fun fact, the outside of that flat was actually uh, Peter Jackson's office when he worked in Wellington. (laughs) My jaw just dropped. (laughs) Yeah. So that street view, when you see the outside of the the unit, that, that was Peter Jackson's office. Oh, amazing. I'm learning so much already. <laughs> I love it. Because, fun fact, Peter Jackson is a Kiwi, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Um, I'm I actually did, watching... I did know that. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually watching one of his films tonight. Um, uh, uh, Heavenly Creatures? It's about, like, Ooh, the, yeah. Yeah, the vampire killers. The Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it has Reese Witherspoon. I'm, I can't remember. Uh, um, Heavenly, uh, Heavenly Creatures is, um, it's, uh, Kate Winslet and, that's right. uh, Melanie, uh, Leninsky? I think yes. that's how you say her last name. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I was like, Kate, cause I, it's so funny cause I was watching, um, Mayor of Easttown. So I was like looking at other things that Kate Winslet is in and I came across Heavenly Creatures and that's one of Peter Jackson's first films besides Brain Dead, um, which is also another film that's on my very soon to watch list because apparently it's really intense and I was like okay I'm in oh yeah and Peter Peter Jackson's range is just so so amazing I do I do love that I do love that like he has such a horror background because it's like those horror moments in Lord of the Rings oh yeah make the series like yeah Lord of the Rings is probably you know when you talk about like your top 10 films mine has like uh Lord of the Rings like Lord of the Rings Return of the King in there. So mine's fellowship, but I re- I respect the Return of the King love. Like and I, I just like the Ents. Love. Yeah. The Ents. And the scene where Mary and Pip are sitting like with the Ents smoking some gillyweed. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect scene. I love it. <laughs> um so the film earned six point nine million on a budget of one point six million, which isn't too bad, but because it is such like quite an like more indie film. I remember that it did get a cinema release here. I'm not too sure over. It in the did States. in the states yeah. too. That's awesome. I, uh, I don't remember hearing anything about it before going to the theater to see it. So. Oh um, really? Yeah. Oh, it was like everyone was talking about it here. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in September 2016, it was revealed that Waititi and Clement were planning a procedural com- comedy series based on the police officers. O'Leary and Minogue, who had minor roles in the film titled Wellington Paranormal. The series producers granted Watiti and Clement $1 million to produce uh, 30-minute episodes for the series, which aired in New Zealand from the 11th of July, 2018. Uh, the character Nick from the film also appears in the episode A Normal Night, and he's one of like the morgue workers. And I was like, of course he works in a morgue. Of course. <laughs> And um, then there was a second series announced with 13 episodes. So I don't know if that's still running or where to find that. Uh, But it is a thing. Uh, What We Do in the Shadows uh, went on to become an American mockumentary comedy horror television series created by Clement that premiered on March uh, March 27th, 2019 on the FX channel. The second television series is a franchise based on the film Written by Clement and Watiti, and the series follows four vampire roommates in Staten Island. 
which is really, uh, I still haven't watched it. Uh, I'm trying to find it here and I'm just like, why can't I find it? It's like, it's written by New Zealanders. Why can't I find it anywhere? That's unfair. I'm so sorry. But when you can see it, you're in for a real I definitely will. (laughs) I'm still like, just, I'm trying to find it and then maybe I can watch it via a VPN in the States. We'll see. Um, so my version of the film started with a screen card stating the Documentary Society of New Zealand. <laughs> and I was like, I really liked that. <laughs> it's trying to add some legitimacy to the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it's followed by a title card that says, every few years, a secret society in New Zealand gathers for a special event, the Unholy Masquerade. In the months leading up to the ball, a documentary crew was granted full access to a small group of this society. I was just like, fucking hell. Because <laughs> I love, I love Tyker's character. I, so um, a digital clock, alarm clock clicks over to 6pm and a pale white hand stretches out of a cedar wood coffin and flicks off the alarm. Another title card reads, each crew member wore a crucifix and was granted protection by the subject of this film. <laughs> I love it so much that, like, right off the bat, they're like, no, it's, like, vampires. Like, I've seen enough, like, ghost hunter type of stuff where they're like, oh, like, maybe these people kind of believe they're vampires. It's like, no, it's 100%. They're vampires. It's real. Don't worry about it. Vampires. Let's go. (laughs) We're not even, that's it. Just vampires. Not a question. Um, Not a question. No questions. This is a documentary. No questions. Uh, we see a man dressed in 18th century styled clothes <laughs> rise out of the cru- rise out of the coffin vertically. This is uh, Viago, who is played by Ta- Taika Watiti. He talks about how this is the scariest time of the day for him as he goes to open the curtains. And I love how he's like, yes, nighttime, when he realizes that the sun has gone down. <laughs> he's such a sweet little angel baby yeah. vampire. <laughs> Although I kind of do like Deacon as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he's just such a dickhead. <laughs> oh, I love... I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, their reactions as vampires are pretty ridiculous. But, like, <laughs> Deacon does things that feel like like actions that I know, like, friends would do. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, you're like, I have that friend. That's a Deacon. I know I that person. That. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Viago goes out into the house, which is quite large. It's like a big townhouse and begins waking up all of the other vampires that he lives with, stating that he likes hanging out with the others and having housemates. He's super wholesome. (laughs) Uh, first up is Deacon, who is hanging upside down in a closet and Viago asks him, how was your night? To which he responds with, I transformed into a dog and had sex. What? (laughs) Which is funny because it's, it's like, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, all right. Like it, I love it. It's just like guns a blazing. Like all right, yeah. we're getting it. We get a really this good sense it. of all the other vampires in this. Like right from the get go, it's so great. yeah. Uh, next stop is uh, Vladislav. When opening the room to the door, Viago is scared away by what looks like a vampire orgy happening in, yes. in Vladislav's room. <laughs> that like also defies like physics. It's yeah, like floating bed. It's it reminds me a lot from an episode of Buffy. Like there's like there's a moment like that in an episode of Buffy too, where it's like, all right, 
I see that. So vampire orgies go down, I guess. <laughs> um, so he quickly closes the door, but Vladislav comes to the door to speak to him, and he's told, we're having a house meeting in the dining room in five minutes. Uh, the last vampire on the roundup is my favourite. So uh, Viago goes down into the basement and rolls open a door to a crypt where an ancient-looking vampire named Peter is sleeping. So he basically resembles the early depictions that we see of vampires. Very, like, Nosferatu. Like, yeah. The long, pointed fangs. Yeah. He's, he's a little bit gross. Um, and Peter wakes up. His eyes just, like, open and Viago basically shits himself. Um, so I can't remember what Viago's saying to him, but I love that he's, like, looking on the floor and he's like, ooh, a spinal column. He's like, maybe I should bring a broom he's down like, here and oh. help you sweep up. He's like, your crib's a little messy. And I do love the way he approaches it because he invites him to, like, the flat the flat meeting. And he's just like, oh, like, if you if you, if you you want to attend. Like, you don't have to. I'm just, like, letting you, letting you know. <laughs> he's so polite. Yeah. Uh, before he leaves, Viago hands Peter a sack with the chicken in it. And, like, bolts out of there. (laughs) Uh, We cut to the three housemates sitting in the dining room discussing the responsibilities of living in the flat. Viago states that he thinks that Deacon is cool but doesn't do anything around the house. And I love that Deacon's like, well, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. (laughs) I'm cool. (laughs) Well, and then they complain about the bloody dishes. Yeah, that have been there for five years. (laughs) I do love a pun, though, too, where it's just like, oh, like, it's like, they're actually bloody dishes. It's do the bloody just, dishes. Yeah, do the bloody dishes. <laughs> Which is a very, uh, like, that's just our way of speaking as well. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's funny that it's used that way. It's really, it's it's awesome. It's really it cool writing. On, it works on layers. It works on different levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so funny to hear someone with a US accent saying, do the bloody dishes. <laughs> I'm like I'm sure it's just like oh cringe. City. That sounds so different. It sounds too so different to how we hear it. Yeah, it's not as it's not as charming. It's like oh, that sounded weird. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's charming here. <laughs> um, I love that there's this little. They're doing like a little montage where they're talking about one another, and we find out that the housemates refer to Deacon as the young bad boy, and it turns out that he was actually made a vampire by Peter. And I love that he has like this little reminiscent moment thinking about when he became a vampire. And he says, one day I was selling my wares and I walked past this old creepy castle and I look at it and think, very old and creepy. And then this creature flies at me. It dragged me back to this dark dungeon and bit into my neck. And just at the point of death, this creature forced me to suck its foul blood. And then it opened its wings like this and it hovered above me screeching, now you're a vampire. And it was Peter. And we're still friends today. <laughs> the, the reading of, it was Peter. And then it pulls out to reveal Peter sitting next to him. It's just like, it's so good. It's something that I, it's like, a, it's a dumb thing to quote. Like, because contextually in situations it doesn't make sense, but it's, there's so many moments like that from this movie or, like, yeah. you know, one-liners that I say all the time, but, like, <laughs> Peter is definitely one of them. <laughs> but I love that Peter's just sitting there like, fuck, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Can I go back to my done? crypt? <laughs> I'm done. You're an idiot. 
Um, Vladislav says that uh, he has been helping out at the house. And in fact, the other day, he dragged a man through the entire house and noticed that there wasn't a speck of dust around the place. Because <laughs> he's also talking, uh, I think at this point, uh, Viago is also talking about how there was like blood on his velvet couch. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't too happy about it. So um, then we also find out that Vlad is a metal, medieval vampire. So these vampires are all through different periods of time, which I thought was really cool. Um, and he was known as Vlad the Poker. Mm-hmm. And I love that it zooms out and he's like standing in his torture chamber and he's like, uh, yeah, but I don't really torture people anymore. Anymore. <laughs> um. And so I love how he also, oh no, it's after this, sorry. Um, Viago is looking at their wheel of chores that looks like it's drawn by a five-year-old. And he's like, he hasn't done the dishes in five years and that nobody has been moving the wheel around. Um, Vlad and Deacon refer to Viago as the 18th century vampire, so he's a bit particular. He defends himself by saying that if they were real vampires, they would be considerate and put down a little bit of newspaper when they are feeding on someone. And then Vlad says, yes, but we are not real vampires. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And at this point, Viago and Deacon end up in this argument and they both fly into the air very comedically hissing at each other. And I was like, I love this. It's so tacky and so cheesy, and I freaking love it. Oh, I love, I love though that it's like, you know, we get a sense of it when we meet each vampire, but then to have them have this like comical, suspended in air like fight, almost like weird, like almost like weird cats. Yeah. It's, it's great because you're like, oh, okay, like this is. This is a hundred, like, you know, it's a comedy where you're like, oh, that we're going to get some cool physical comedy stuff too. Yeah, it's really great. And it, I feel like, because um, Taika and Jermaine's co- sense of humor are so different if you've seen them uh, in interviews separately or in their own comedic work. And so this, I think the physical stuff would have a lot to do with Taika's influence, I think. Whereas Jermaine is this really dry, sarcastic sense of humour because that's who he is in Flight of the Concords. He's that, like, weird, bitter dude who, like, <laughs> is really, like, ugh. Like, um, I can't think of the word. Yeah, he he's great. Flight of the Concords like, is a crack up. Yeah, it's like a more, like, reserved, like, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Deacon eventually goes and does the dishes uh, before they start getting ready to go out. Um, there, and I love this because there's this montage of them all cleaning the house and like, uh, Vlad's like levitating to vacuum the roof and it's just, I love the montages they do with this. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Um, and then we also have like a little bit of an interview with Vlad who talks about how he was 16 when he was made a vampire and says, of course life was rough for a 16 year old back then. Because he does not look 16. 16 at all. No. He looks at least like 30. Um, So Viago talks about how some of the vampires like to flap together in small places and like countries like New Zealand. And then it cuts to Deacon, who claims that he was a Nazi vampire and that Hitler had a secret vampire army. 
and that when Hitler was killed, all the vampires like had to leave and get out of there. Um, Deacon's story, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's a little like it's one of those like you kind of like pause for a second, you're like, wait, and then it is funny where he just, I think he wins the the joke wins the audience back again where he says yeah. like oh like you really didn't want it like oh it was like a no-go if you were a nazi and he was like and yeah. if you were a vampire nazi uh-uh and it's like okay like that kind of brings you back again because you're like oh are we really gonna like this vampire <laughs> character that do i really like is this part very of the story? open about being a nazi yeah. <laughs> But he, like, it's clear that he's not that anymore. So I was like, okay, that's all right. Um, and then we have this really great montage of photos over time of the three of them together. And it's just super wholesome. They're all doing different things throughout different times. And they're with, like, different famous people. And it's just like, this is so good. Like, like really famous the, pictures. Yeah. And, like, all the styles that kind of change, but not really. Like, their clothes, like, you kind of see a variety, but like what we're seeing in their present day like oh you still have the same style like very you very still heavy on the ruffles. yeah you still yeah. you still rock that look um and then viago tells his story of how he ended up in new zealand and it's because he fell in love with a human girl her family had emigrated to to new zealand and he said to hell with it i'm going his servant philip put the wrong information on the postage and when he got there, she was already married. So Viago looks so incredibly heartbroken. And he gets out this little handkerchief and holds, he's got like gloves and like a little um, like set of tongs. And he holds up this necklace and it's silver. And he says, you know, she gave me this before she left. But then he puts it on and like burns himself and I was like is this like some self-flagellation or something because stop that I do the the smoke that comes out from the shirt is so good and then uh and then him taking the necklace off he's like that's about as long as I can wear it but the, there's so many there's so many joke lines that I remember the first time seeing it I knew I knew I was missing stuff I was laughing so hard but when he shows the locket and he's like oh, like, Catherine gave me this, and here's a picture of her, and then he goes, here's a picture of me, I put it in there myself. It's so good. <laughs> it's like, did not need to share that fact. He's, he's an he oversharer. He's an yeah. oversharer, for sure. But just like that, here's the photo of me in it, too, that I put in there. She didn't have a photo of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we have a, another montage because they're going to go out to Wellington Central and it's important that they look good. And because they can't see themselves in the mirror, they like to work, like help each other to look great. And I love that uh, Viago stands in front of a mirror and he's like, oh, look, a ghost cop. A ghost cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And the, like the getting ready montage is oh, so, it's so, it's so cute because it's just like, yeah really goofy outfits and I also think like in just movies in general we don't get like guys getting ready yeah like moments so it's really really cute to to see that um until Fiaco says yeah some of our clothes are from victims you might bite someone and then you think oh those are some nice pants 
And then it cuts to him wearing like cargo pants, and the other two being like, "No, you can't no. wear those. Like you have to, you have to choose." Not them. Yeah. <laughs> Even they knew 2014. No cargo pants. Yeah, no cargo pants. So I, I wear cargo like, pants. Shut like, up, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I love Mine are fashion like, though. He's like, I thought these were nice, and they're like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And I love that when they get ready together, they're like standing awkwardly, and then kind of all say together, "We are ready to go out and party, no. vampire style." <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. Where it's like they, you know, you know, they huddled right before that to be like, "We're going to say this, and it's going to sound yeah. really cool." And, and it, it's kind of it adds like this um, authenticity to that documentary feel that they're meant to have because they're just like really silly vampires and I love it um I love that they also get the bus into yeah. like into town to party yeah. oh, I, I was like it. oh that was me as well like if if I could get the bus I'd just jump on the bus to go out for drinks yeah. I mean public transportation when you're gonna go out to party well it makes sense like yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah uh we also find, and I love that on the bus, everyone's like awkwardly trying to avoid looking at them. They're just like, there's some windows on the bus. Uh, we see them attempting to get into bars. Uh, however, they have a hard time because they need to be invited I in. <laughs> so I love that there's that moment where it's just like, oh, uh, no, you have to invite us in. And the security guard's like, what? No, go away. <laughs> Yeah, and we get uh, to see like we get to see like other vampires, like them running into other vampires on the street, and kind of giving us like a little breakdown of like contextualizing like other vampires in the space is is awesome. I love the I love the um, one female vampire that they see her like draining like a former <laughs> coworker of hers, and she's just like, oh, she's like, oh no, he's done. Like I've completely drained him. She was like, I was. She says something like, I was a thirsty gal or something. <laughs> like something ridiculous or, or something that you would say after having like a couple of drinks, but the context of like she just probably killed this man is like next level. I love them running into the two young vampire girls. Yes. And yeah. they say, Are you gonna kill some perverts? Yeah. And the girl's like, yep. We're going to meet up with this pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? I love it. They're like avenging angels, but vampires. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, and then we get to see it a little bit later, which is awesome. Yes, like, which is also really cool. Throw- yeah, that could have just been like a throwaway line, but I love that they circle back to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the vampires also regularly account, encounter and trade insults with a pack of werewolves led by Anton. And it's like this part of their ancient rivalry between werewolves and vampires. And so they have this little run-in and it kind of looks like a dance-off. Yes. <laughs> the way that they're all standing. But uh, the hill where this is filmed is actually the same hill fe- filmed in The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, where Frodo and the Hobbits are running from the Black Rider and hiding under the roots of a tree. This I love this so much. <laughs> I love this fact <laughs> so much. Um, yeah, that's great. That's really cool. 
That's great. Um, I, I mean, it's so dark in the scene of them, like, actually talking with the... Yeah, you wouldn't even know. I would not know, but, but now I do. But now I you know, do. Now you know. Um, so I love this because Anton obviously tries to rein everyone in and he got, you know, they've thrown around some really weird insults, like that they smell and it's like really childish. I just mm-hmm. love it. And, oh, and Anton, the whole thing about like pretending to throw a stick for them to like throw <laughs> Here you go. Um, and Anton says, what are we? And they all reply with, we're werewolves, not swearwolves, which is my favorite line in the entire film. How can you not love them? Like, right, right after that, you're like, oh, I'm, I mean, like, we're, we're watching a movie about vampires, but you're like, oh, I also love these werewolves. Like, these are great. I also love the werewolves. Um, They've managed to find their way into a bar, and Deacon is with his familiar Jackie, who he has promised will eventually make her a vampire one day and so she's saying he's my master and deacons ask jackie to bring some virgins to the house for them to eat and they've decided that they're gonna have a dinner party dress up and then eat the virgins and Mm -hmm. jackie really wants to become a vampire so she's decided that this is what she's gonna do and um because this is where oh what does um, Vlad say? He says something about, you know, if you want to eat a sandwich, oh, you're not going to fuck it first. He <laughs> says like, something what? like, oh, they talk about how they're asking her for virgin blood. And Deacon goes like, like, oh, we asked for virgin blood because it just sounds cooler. Like it's yeah. not having special properties. And then yeah. Vlad, Vlad goes like, he's like, I view it as like, if you if you eat a sandwich, you want to make sure no one's fucked it first. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? Viago yeah. uh, um, uh, states that he likes to make a night out of eating a human and make it a nice experience because it's their last night alive. Uh, we see him with a young woman who he's brought over to the house and he's putting newspaper all around as he's speaking to her and getting to know her about like what she wants to do with her life. And she's saying, you know, I want to travel all over the world. <laughs> it's like, you don't know you're about to die, do you, sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> and so the night goes a bit of skew if when Viago accidentally nicks a main artery instead and blood spurts everywhere and so then it kind of cuts to viago in the hallway and he's like it's a real mess in there you know on the upside i think she had a really good time and he's like covered in blood (laughs) it's just shocking where it's like it almost matches his sweetness where she just keeps talking about like her hopes and dreams and what she wants to do but as he's like brought out a pile of towels (laughs) and like laying down newspaper and it's slowly inching closer and closer to her and then he like flicks her hair back and he goes like let's just put this right here so like her neck is exposed it's like it's like all right I don't know how like I don't know how you don't bolt out of that situation right away (laughs) yeah maybe she was glamoured I don't know yeah she could she seems like really comfortable being there yeah (laughs) I'd be like this is what's all the newspaper for for Um, over to Vlad, who has been loitering outside someone's house watching television. Um, he tries to get them to see him, 
but he doesn't have the power to do it apparently. And then there's a voiceover of uh, Viago saying he used to be really powerful and be able to do all these incredible things, but suffered a humiliating feat at the hands of his arch nemesis, the beast, the which beast. Caused him to beast. <laughs> causes him to lose all his power. <laughs> Sorry, I might do that every time, just or we don't have to, whichever you prefer. <laughs> you but I love it. Like. <laughs> um, I love this. Okay, so Jackie's on the phone trying to get people over to her, over to the dinner party. So she's calling Josephine, and um, we we find out that Jackie's like calling people that she doesn't really care about. She's like, oh fuck it, if they die, it's fine. Um, so she calls Josephine, who she used to sit next to in English, and she's like, yeah, you know me, you used to name me the Jaxacist. And it wasn't very nice. Um, and she's also invited Nick, who's an ex-boyfriend from when they were 12 years old. Oh, I love that her, like, qualifier for, she was like, oh, he was a virgin, and she, like... He's like, yeah, yeah you're we a were 12 when we were <laughs> Yeah, when we were 12. And she's like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I love that Viago's like, okay, now it's time for dinner. And he brings out the canned spaghetti and he's like, biscotti. Spaghetti, yes. <laughs> biscotti. And I was like, that's so innocent and cute. I but they all call it biscotti. Yes. Like as if they don't know that it's called spaghetti. Spaghetti. I don't know. That's that could blows my mind. It's not like no one calls Deacon out on it. It's like, I mean, like Nick, like Nick calls it spaghetti. But as far as like the vampires in the house, you're like, what? What? what is Nobody corrects him. It's like yeah. they all like Nick's like, why are you saying biscotti? Yeah, it might be a sensitive thing. You know, we don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So obviously they're talking about like being virgins, and we find out that they're not. Um. <laughs> And so while the vampires are disappointed, um, they attempt to kill them anyway. So Josephine is killed in this like really gruesome, bloody scene. And Nick manages briefly to escape before being attacked by Peter in the basement. Um, we find that he's actually survived the attack and has been turned into a vampire. Um, skip forward two months later. Yeah, I was going to say two months. It's like, Okay. <laughs> Uh, the vampires have kind of accepted Nick, but they kind of are still berating him for things that he is doing, like flying outside of the house. And Nick's really innocent. He's like, why would I walk when I can fly? Yeah, he's, I think it's like an honest, like, newbie vampire thing. Just yeah. like digging the new, the new powers. It's like, yeah, why not? Why would, I can fly, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, he's also brought his human stew to the house, who is a computer analyst who is showing them how to use modern technology, which I think was really nice. Uh, Viago uses the internet to hunt down his former love interest, Catherine, who is now a 96 year old widow living in a rest home in Wellington. He also finds and briefly reconnects with Philip, his old servant, who he lets know that he basically done goofed on Viago's coffin. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, like now she got married and I wasn't there. What are you doing? Yeah. And then and Philip's and then, just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, Philip's like, huh? And then Philip goes into about how he was promised to be turned and how he's like, I'm 90. I'm 90 now. It's too late. Yeah. Like, 
You promised. Oh, <laughs> Philip. Yeah. Um, I love this. <laughs> um, I can't remember what happens first because there's a scene where Mick is struggling really hard to adapt to being a vampire. Um, and he's really upset because he can't eat chips anymore. Yes. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, that scene is so good. Yeah, where he's, it's it's just like an act of defiance because Stu's eating chips and Nick is like, oh, I'm just going to eat one. And the guys are like, that's like a bad idea. He's like, and don't, don't eat that. Like, don't eat it. And he does it anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Causing then, him to... <laughs> violently vomit blood everywhere just like it cuts to then him in the street just violently throwing up and i just love that like like oh he ate it he ate the chip he hit the chip he's like oh he's chop. like oh, being yeah chip chip he hit the chip <laughs> like i can't even have chips anymore I love that that's the break that's the breaking point <laughs> that made me too because I love because he's he's not eating like um like chips he's eating hot chips uh, which yeah. is what we call it yeah like fries um and that's like a big thing in Australia and New Zealand is like fish and chips mm-hmm. like it's such a big part of like our culture and so I totally understand how devastated he would be Oh, I love French. I, I love too. French fries, but yeah, I totally understand. It's like a neck. It's next level. Um, yeah, for you guys. Uh, so Deacon really doesn't like Nick at all because he's like, "You're drawing attention to us." Um, and, but he's kind of like, "Okay, you get us into the popular bars and clubs." Uh, yeah, Nick also Deacon- constantly. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say like, and also like Deacon. It's kind of mad because like Nick keeps kind of like edging on his style and like his fashion yeah. <laughs> is really funny too. Like, but yeah, hey, they definitely butt heads it. as like the younger vampires for sure. Yeah, uh, Nick also constantly tells people he meets that he is a vampire. Yes, just <laughs> super casual about it, just constantly yeah. showing off his powers, and then just straight up telling people he's a vampire. Conspicuous about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Nick had originally introduced Stu to the flatmates, hypnotized to prevent him from knowing that they were all vampires. And there's this scene where Nick is telling Stu the truth, and <laughs> Stu's just like, "Okay, cool, okay, yeah, all right, sweet." All right. Um, Nick also asks the vampires not to eat Stu or turn him into a vampire, and they really love Stu. Like, they hate, they're they're sick and tired of Nick, but they love Stu. So they're kind of like, we'll put up with you because we like you bringing Stu around. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, Stu's the best. Like, who doesn't love Stu? Like, come on. He's just inconspicuously quiet and just really chill about everything. And super helpful. Shows them everything about the internet. Like. He's great. His scene at the end is so good. (laughs) Um, Then we see a scene where Nick is at a bar telling people that he he is Edward Cullen from Twilight. Mm-hmm. What we don't know is that the man at the bar is actually a vampire, a vampire hunter. And 
he basically tells Nick this and Nick's like, ha ha ha, so funny, whatever. Here are my contact details. Yes. Yeah. What? Here's, okay. Here's my email. Here's my email. Um, but the vampire actually uh, ends up hunting them down and breaking into the house's basement during the day um and in a really horrible scene uh peter is killed by being exposed to sunlight and this is really tragic for the house yeah especially deacon um because we do have that scene where they're trying to save him from the basement stairs and like peter is in flames and i was and screaming and i was like oh that's so sad yeah and we know that we know that peter is like deacon's maker so it's like there's yeah. that level too but um then also that it was like nick's like they find out that it's nick's fault very early because nick even says like when they turn over the the body of the vampire hunter he's like oh yeah i met that guy i told him i was a vampire and he said he was a vampire hunter and uh <laughs> reveal does not go well like good good on him for no. owning up to it but woof. <laughs> But he, he does it so casually as well. Like, oh, sorry, yeah. that was me. He's like, whoops, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which causes, like, this all-out fight in the house. Another one of those weird floaty fights. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, and this is where police officers O'Leary and Minogue arrive to instigate, like, investigate the noise because they're like, um, the neighbours said there was screaming here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on? Um, we also find that Viago has hypnotized them. And so they come into the house pretty casually and they gloss over the corpses of Peter and the vampire hunter and the fact that Nick and Deacon are hovering in the air and basically just warn the, um, the vampires about the fire hazards inside the flat. Yes. But I know they're like, where are your smoke? detectors they're like like, oh there it is no smoke detectors yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but viago says this line and i crack up every time and he's like i really hope that these guys don't kill those police because it will mean more police will come possibly even christians which is totally the last thing we need in this house The train of thought is so great. And he's just like, oh, that's the last thing we need. (laughs) I love it because I was, and I was just like, oh, it's good. It's funny because obviously Australians and New Zealanders feel like we feel the same about organized religion. And so, like, door knockers are like the last thing we want at our house. And we're like, oh, no, thanks. Oh, I'd rather have the cops here. The remaining flatmates put Nick on trial for bringing a human into the flat, which they brush brush aside because they're kind of like, oh, don't worry, it's Stu, we like him. Um, Telling people that he was a vampire, getting Peter killed, and then Deacon adds, wearing clothes that are too similar to what I wear. (laughs) That was also one of the big offences, yeah. (laughs) That was a big offence. And I love that Vlad and Viago are like, what? No, no. Yeah, sure, whatever, we'll add that. (laughs) Um, Nick receives a procession of shame and is banished from the flat. So the procession of shame is um, them standing in the backyard, circling around uh, Nick, chanting shame as they point at him. Just pointing. I I do think 
might have to might have to test this, but I I think this is before the shame bell lady from Game of Thrones. Like I'm pretty sure this like circle of just pointing and yelling shame was great. I think it was a long time before that. Yeah, or like maybe like a year or two or something like that. Maybe they got the idea from this. Maybe maybe. that'd be so funny. (laughs) They're like, that moment's really cute. What if we made our moment in Game of Thrones not cute? Yeah. <laughs> like, when we do the shame, walk of shame. And I love when they leave. They're like, bye, Stu. Bye, Stu. Yeah, they're like, bye. Come by anytime. Yeah. <laughs> um, so several months later, the vampires receive an invitation to the annual Unholy Masquerade, which is an event hosted for the local undead population of vampires, which is zombies the lot uh it gets to the night and vlad has vlad has decided he's not going to be going after learning that the beast a vampire that destroyed much of his power will be the guest of honor because he's talking about how he's going to be the guest of honor and then it gets announced and he's like oh oh like okay all right fuck yeah and he sounded really excited about going to the unholy masquerade so it's like that's a big blow it's upsetting yeah he's devastated he, he wants to be there <laughs> but i love this scene because vlad tells them that he's going to be staying home and doing his dark bidding online well he he says like leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet he's just crouched over the laptop and they're like wait they're like what are you doing he's like i'm, I'm bidding on a table like he's on ebay <laughs> I love it. He's so funny. Yeah, and uh, he turns around it's... and his face is horrified. Like it's because like he has. Oh. they they like they kind of like hint that like he hasn't been out feeding and he hasn't really been like going to his coffin kind of because his face is like very, uh, like yeah, it's very like gray and broken and like his hair is like kind of a grayish color too. He just he's yeah. been better days. <laughs> He's kind of disintegrating because he's just yeah. like, oh, the beast has ruined my life again. Life. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Viago and Deegan decide they're going to the event and they look great. They're in uh, like their, their centuries tuxedo vibes. Um, and at the event, they find Nick, Stu and Jackie, who, much to Deacon's disdain, has been turned into a vampire by Nick. Yeah, and I love this because Jackie comes over and she's like, "Deacon, Deacon, hi, hi," and he's like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, he's like, "What are you doing here? This is only for vampires." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm a vampire," and she's like flashing her fangs around, like, "Duh, duh, hello, it's me." Like the best, yeah. Like, yeah, good for her. Good. And I love that Stu's just like casually hanging out, and he's like, "Uh, yeah." He's just super awkward, like he always is. Oh, and like him, like dancing around with Nick is just like so, so precious. It's so cute. Yeah, just, he's so cute. I just love that he's like, he's like, yeah, it's okay. Like they're they're vampires. Like and and there's zombies and there's like kind of like interesting hybrid creatures too. Yeah, like they kind of say they say they something something like it's like the low hat vampire witches or something like that there's some weird okay there's some weird that name bit. that's like yeah but it's like, like yeah, what is what does that mean but what are you yeah like, what um, does that mean? 
it is soon revealed that the beast is actually Vlad's ex-girlfriend Pauline. Yeah, and she's like killing it in her dress. Like she's yeah. she's looking hot. Like I must say the costume design for this is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. um really Victorian for a lot of the characters, especially like Viago and, and Pauline. And and Vlad as well. Deacon tries to fit in a little bit more, but he looks like he's like from the seventies because he will wear like leather pants and it's like, where are you right now? Yeah. <laughs> he's seen some shit. Yeah. Um, that re- that reveal that she is the beast because like every time they refer to the beast you see like drawings of actual like creatures and like very like demonic kind of like bears lions type of stuff like you you think it's going to be like this four-legged like horned type of creature and then you see this pretty tiny blonde lady in this beautiful dress (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like that's not what i was expecting yeah but it's also funny yeah and then they just own up to it 100 percent. they have like them say like they have Vlad, like, say, like, the beast is what I refer to uh, as my girlfriend. Ex- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the and fact that she's, Pauline is so cute. Like, she's Pauline. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. It's like this cute little innocent name. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, oh. Um, who is there with her uh, boyfriend at the time, um, Julian. <laughs> yeah, and what is, is so he? Odd. What I don't know. He, he looks like a de- demon type, or like thing? like a hobgoblin type of thing. Like, cause she, yeah, she asks uh, when she's like talking to, to like, she's talking to like Deacon when she's talking to the the vampires that we know. She's also around Stu, and they like they get introduced and they shake hands, and she's like, "Oh, you're so warm." She's like, "Are you a demon?" She's like, "I'm trying to figure out like what your deal is," because. The, the concept of bringing a human is one against the rules, but it just like it just must be so wild to even. It's not even an option where they're like, "Why would you ever bring a human to this yeah. unholy masquerade?" But when she says, "Are you a demon?" Viago says, "No, he's not a demon." And Stu says, "I'm a software analyst." <laughs> and he's like, "I, I," and then she's like what what do you mean and he's like i work for a company that basically we take like business requirements from organizations and we analyze those requirements and then we build software to fit those requirements and pauline says he is a virgin he's a virgin Virgin, (laughs) and then someone says one of the vampires a a vampire witch in the background says i can smell a virgin from a thousand paces and deacon says go on then go a thousand paces away and smell yourselves Oh my gosh, yeah. So I love that they automatically come to Stu's defense. Like, they're like, Yeah. They're like, Oh, he's our friend. You can't have him. Yeah, you can't have him. Yeah. And it's not even like the whole, you know, we're used to seeing vampires with like being protected of their like familiars or like, what is it called when like they pick someone that they're going to feast off of? Um, oh, I don't know. But yeah, it's like you see that, but the fact that like there's no relationship like that with Stu, it's just literally they like he's him and that he's a nice guy. <laughs> they don't exactly. want anything bad to happen to him. Or I love how like they talk, they kind of talk about turning Stu and Nick goes like, oh, he's a vegetarian. Like he would really hate like having to live off of drinking human blood. <laughs> it's so good. 
they're just like no it's so he's so innocent yeah they're like he wouldn't like it (laughs) no (laughs) yeah they find out that he's like sitting next to him while he says Oh, sorry, no. He, they, I was gonna, they find out he's human. <laughs> they find out he's human. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, why did my brain just do that? They find out he's human. And then it's like, and then it's like time to get out of that party. Um, but we have Vlad show up then. In his massive trench coat. He looks great. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like a, it's like a crazy fur coat, right? It's like, yeah, he's like an, he's like an all white, which is a bold move for a vampire. He's like, mm, that's going to get dirty. Easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love that um, he comes in and he's like arguing with Pauline about all their breakups. Mm-hmm. And like, and then he also like is throwing insults at Julian. <laughs> out of jealousy like I don't I can't remember what he says but he's just really mean to Julian as well yeah which is like and then they get kind of like in a almost like a brawl right or it's him and it's Vlad and Julian right that kind of get yeah. into yeah a tussle, a tussle. and <laughs> Julian almost kills Vlad but Stu saves him by impaling Julian with a large stick mm-hmm. which I was like yes yeah. Stu saves the day. He saved, um, he saved the poker by <laughs> poking someone else. <laughs> uh, in the chaos, the vampires escape the masquerade with Stu and the camera crew, but encounter Anton's werewolves in the park about to transform due to the full moon. One cameraman is grossly disemboweled by a werewolf and Stu is separated from the vampires and cornered. The vampires hold Nick back, believing that the werewolves are too dangerous, and they watch as Stu is viciously mauled. Believing Stu to be dead, the vampires run away, and they're basically, like, grieving for him, and they're they're devastated. Oh, yeah, it's... I didn't really think about it the first couple of times I've watched it, but, like, re-watching it this morning, like, Stu is, like, like thrown into the air like a good like 20 feet like a couple times you're like oh yeah this is and that's the way dogs act with their food as well yeah so it's like yeah yeah i get it yeah but it's like oh it's like it was a little bit more gruesome than i remember it being like i I remember it being like very shaky cam uh because because running around and it's like kind of silhouetted in the dark but it's like oh no he he gets some air like they they're him. he takes off yeah <laughs> um uh for two days first two i yeah right yeah um i love that nick kind of comes back basically with his tail between his legs because he's like stew is alive mm-hmm. oh i love that because it's like he I, I forget how much time they say it uh, has passed, but you see it's like just a black screen. So it's a, it's a, it's a phone call with Texas bottom. That's like from Nick saying like, Oh, Hey guys, like I have an update. Like you're not going to believe it. And it just, yeah. seems, it's very like, it just reminds me of uh, how they would do major shift changes in like reality TV shows. Like on yeah. TV where it was like, Oh, like, Oh, if you see white text, like, that means it's really important. <laughs> like, like something big is gonna happen. Something's happening. Like, oh, oh no, we have we have we have captions here. Like they really want you to pay attention. Um, yeah, 
And then it's like, then we get the best reveal ever. Yes, because yes, Stu is alive. Um, Stu reveals to the flatmates that he uh, survived the attack and transformed to a werewolf that night, escaping the local police who had blamed the death of the cameraman on a pet dog. Oh my god, and that dog is so cute. And they're just like, (laughs) on the news, it's like, this is the dog. They're like, this what? is the dog. This is this vicious dog. We're going to put him. They're, they're, Isn't they're it like a little Pomeranian or something? No, he's like a. He looks like a little like sheep dog. Like he's like black and white. Oh, okay. like very fluffy. I don't remember. Um, yeah. but, he, but he looks little. Like he doesn't look. Yeah. Like he's. he. There's like no way that that would be the yeah. killer. But I love how they're like treating this dog like he's a ferocious killer. They're like. Like the dog kind of sniffs. Uh, sniffs sniffs Stu's body and they're like oh he's got the taste for blood like they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it um so Stu basically urges everyone to be friends because there's this been this whole thing like werewolves aren't allowed in the house uh we don't we don't talk to werewolves uh but they kind of just all reconcile and and start to get along and they rescind Nick's banishment yeah which is really nice because obviously Nick would feel a little bit lonely, you know. Yeah, like you know, where he's he's like, oh, my buddy is gone, and I can't be in this house of vampires. But I do want to highlight one thing though: is they break they break the format of the documentary a little bit uh, with our very first reenactment, and it's a black <laughs> and white, like soft, like soft focus reenactment of what happened to Stu the night he got transformed and that like he just wakes up and just the he wakes up and like he's surrounded by these dudes that like are like in various shades of wearing clothing because they're the other werewolves in the morning and I just I just love it because it just it stays on Stu's face of him just like smiling and being like all right like just nodding along being like all right like it's like it's like whatever like the facial expression that is the equivalent of a thumbs up like he he gives it he gives it so well that is his face (laughs) um viago has also reconnected with Catherine, who he turns into a vampire yeah so that they can rekindle their romance love is ageless it's ageless yes it it's it's kind of cool um i love when they do like this is where our characters of our documentary are now because i like closure i'm just one of those people that's like if you can't give me closure i can't watch this yeah <laughs> uh, so during the credits it's revealed that vlad has gotten back together with pauline <laughs> i don't know why it seems their relationship just is doomed to not be okay uh jackie has made her husband terry her familiar Yes, Jackie. Oh, but yeah. she makes some comments about how he's got to look after the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a classic move. Nice. <laughs> and in a post-credits scene, we see um, Deacon attempting to hypnotize the audience to forget the events of the film, which I loved. Which, like, I don't remember seeing that when I first saw this in theaters. Like, so I... I don't know if I just like totally spaced on that moment, but Maybe. yeah, I might have. I only but... remembered from watching it again, and I was like, "Oh wait, this! I totally forgot this happened because yeah. I can't remember if I saw it in the movies. I feel like I did, but I can't remember where. Look, 
the years between uh, 2012 to 2015 were a blur. I, I, I was remember, there. <laughs> yeah, I just, I remember seeing it in a theater because it was one of those things where, and, and it could have been like I missed that final moment with Deacon because I was probably laughing too hard about <laughs> something else. Um, and that's why this movie is like great for rewatching because there's like, so, there's so many little subtle things that you like, that you can miss. Um, but I remember I definitely saw it in theaters because I, like from leaving my seat to exiting the theater, to walking to the, the parking garage, which are, like, always massive in L.A., to my car, I just couldn't stop giggling. Like, I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, I would just think about something else that happened in that movie, and I just couldn't stop laughing. And it's, like, yeah, this movie's definitely comedy, but there are, like, gruesome moments, like, and it's, oh, yeah. it's vampires, so it's, like, yeah, it's definitely, definitely horror, too, but, yeah, the Oh my gosh, it just hit my phony bone so hard. Oh yeah. So good. I can easily just rewatch this without being like, oh, I don't like it. I can't rewatch it anymore. It's yeah. um I don't it's just my sense it is very my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like that very dry, sometimes over the top ridiculous, and then back to being that dry, like uh it's it's not dry, it's just like matter of factly humor. Like, this yeah. is just, this is it. And because it's such like that, you can't help but, like, a laugh will just come out because you're just like, oh, my God, that's so stupid. Yeah. I, I love what, it. I think what also helps keep it pretty, like, you know, this movie's not that, is you know, it's not very old, but I think what will kind of help it be more timeless in its comedy is it's, like, at the heart of it, like, a lot of the humor is, like, and the storyline's still pretty sweet. Like, it's still pretty yeah. nice. Like, they're, you know, like, they're vampires. And, yeah, like, you know, they we see them kill a couple people and stuff. But it's, like, they're still uh, very humanized and like, their relationships yeah. and stuff. So it's, like, oh, like, that, I think that always kind of helps. Because I feel like sometimes when characters are mean, it it can age really fast. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like, that's not funny. Yeah, you're uh, like, mean funny. isn't funny. Like that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I 100% yeah. agree. Mean's not funny. I mean, and he this, calls his ex-girlfriend awesome. the beast, but yeah. <laughs> they seem to, that's, that's a whole, that's that's their relationship. That, you that's know? his that's yeah. his rejection yeah. and abandonment eating at him, being like, yeah. she ruined my life. Like, and he's still only, depressed about we it. We only hear his side of the breakup, exactly. you know? Like, you guys yeah. take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> and that's why it's so funny, because you're just like, of course you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were broken up with. Like, we've all been there. I mean, I yeah. didn't. I don't call my ex the beast or anything, but, yeah. you know, like, I'm sure I've thought it. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite facts is... <laughs> They um, lost a charred polystyrene skeleton body during the shoot after throwing it in a harbour for a funeral scene. And it's like a scene that didn't end up in the film. Um, They didn't realise that it was drifting away and they weren't able to, like, get it back. And uh, Taika commented on this situation saying... It's quite realistic looking, so we had to put a press release out saying that if anyone finds this charred body washed up on the beach, don't be alarmed, it's just a prop. I can't close my mouth right now. I'm just like, oh my, 
goodness. Yeah, I would have laughed so much at that press release. I would have been like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because you could totally see someone finding that, like, on a shore and being like, oh, my gosh, this Um, is my moment to solve a true crime. (laughs) I am now an investigator. Yeah. (laughs) My life work is here and then they're like uh no this is actually just a polystyrene skeleton um yeah. <laughs> we're gonna return this to Tyka and and Jermaine right now thanks thank you for finding our our, our skeleton yeah oh my gosh I love that that just cracked me up I was just like oh only and it seems like only in comedy films this kind of stuff happens where you're just like oh fuck um we better like let people know this is no. not a dead body <laughs> I, I can't believe they just oh because I don't I can't imagine what harbor it is because I've never been to New Zealand um but yeah it's the harbors aren't super big and so like someone would have definitely found that oh I want to know like oh, like, fuck. oh yeah I'm I gonna look like, it up yeah I'm like please look it up to see like did anyone ever end up finding it because you know hmm. it's not I mean polystyrene so it's floating around somewhere yeah I probably got picked up by a boat or something. Something, yeah. And they were probably like, oh, this is garbage. You're like, but you don't even know. It's going to be this really great. I'm sad the scene didn't get put in the movie because I'm assuming it's Peter's funeral. Yeah, that's what I would would assume too. Um, Oh, man, that's great. That's so great. They're like, oh, we should like warn people. We should probably put a press release and like a Twitter tweet out about this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh god. Um. So as I ask always, always, as I always ask guests, (laughs) what's the last horror movie you watched? So the last horror movie I watched was, uh, I actually watched um, Werewolves Within last night. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I really, I really dug it. Um, uh, my my fiance is not like a huge horror movie person, um, but he watched it with me, but he was like kind of annoyed because I, you know, it's a, it's a werewolf movie and it's a horror movie, but it's a bit of a whodunit and I guess yeah. who did it. <laughs> pretty early on and he was just like he's like oh, damn it dang it he's like dang it he's like yeah I could see that because he was like oh do you think it's this person or this person I was like no it's so and so I'm being vague because I don't want to <laughs> I haven't I'm seen not, it yet I'm not into spoilers yeah I'm not I'm, I'm avoid that it's like I mean we just we just gave the entire plot of what we do in the shadows but it's like if you're that's fine you have that's the point it, of the podcast. what are you doing here yeah it's like, what are you doing watch this here? if you've listened to this episode and you haven't watched the f- what are you doing yeah this is watch the movie first come back and hear it yeah exactly it's like, come back. <laughs> but yeah i really liked um werewolves within uh nice yeah and i will say i, am- I will say like this is without spoiling it but i was very happy that there were actual werewolves because like sometimes movies use the word yeah. werewolf in the title and then you don't get a werewolf and, and you're, you're just like, like what the why are you doing this false advertising like how dare you <laughs> and i love werewolf movies i can i'm actually going to rent it because one of our because our cinemas are closed uh but the because it's like an indie release here mm-hmm. i can rent it through vod uh through one of the cinemas 
And so I got an oh, email cool. about it yesterday. I was like, hell yes. Like I was wondering how the hell am I going to have to get a VPN and then I'm going to have to find wherever it's like, sh- like uh, renting overseas. And then I'm going to have to go through all these different channels to get there. And then I got the email. I was like, nice. So they have a streaming service through there, uh, through the cinema that I was going to go to, to watch it. So I'm pretty happy about that. Nice. Yeah. We watched it. We watched it at home um, just because it's like movies are open here, but it's, yeah, it's still kind of like figuring that out. Um, and I think also just like with horror movie stuff, like uh, my dude likes to watch them at home because I think he feels like, again, it's like he can kind of control the environment and like we have our, yeah. we have our <laughs> dog, we can cuddle. <laughs> so my cats watch horror movies with me. I think I've oh, scarred them a lot. <laughs> I think, I don't think. I don't think my dog loves horror movies. Um, I, I think also, like they say, the soundtracks of horror movies can make dogs kind of anxious because it's like okay. they, they're hear, their hearing's better than ours and like, kinda yeah. like the frequencies can kind of freak them out. But I think it was the first movie I've ever watched with him that had snow. So he was like, oh, he's like, what, what is, is this? this? What is this thing? But yeah, he's more of a, he's more of like a, art house film lover his favorite movie is <laughs> the lady on fire like it's it's hilarious like so he's i love like, it yeah it's one of those things it's like you know like you want your kids to be into what you're into and you know sometimes they surprise you you're like okay <laughs> my um last night i watched a new film of a recent release as well i watched uh let us in which is a film based on the urban legend of the black eyed kids oh and it's kind of like a, uh, it's about, you know, a 12 year old girl who's trying to solve the mystery of these teenagers going missing. Mm-hmm. And it was just really cool. Uh, a little bit creepy because I, I love urban legends. Mm-hmm. And so I'd recently heard about the black eyed kids on an episode of last podcast on the left. And so I was just like, what the hell is this urban legend? Cause it's not here. It's a, it's an American urban legend. And so I've just been like fully diving into all this stuff. And then I found the movie. I was just like, hell yes, I'm going to watch this. And oh, so my cat that. Pickles and I watched it. She, I think love she watched it. it. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what Pickles think? But I love that. I love Pickles, what'd you think? Yeah. No, she's outside <laughs> the door. <laughs> like, how dare you? Um, no, I love that. I love, I, like urban legends are so cool. And I, I do, I do love when it's like you hear something on something like a podcast and then you can like switched into other mediums and be like oh let me find out more about this and let me like watch this movie yeah it's kind of in that in that space and covering the kind of same stuff so yeah I hadn't you know that's that's a legend that's like not super familiar to me so I know what I'm doing soon <laughs> more recent one apparently uh reports of the black-eyed kids started in like two uh 1980 so it's yeah. not like a super old one so I was like what the fuck that's so creepy and it's, it's just a really cool movie. It's got um, uh, uh, the guy from Saw. <laughs> um, like oh, my God. Third, I can't... Like the first Saw? No, the guy who is Jigsaw. Oh. Um, he's oh. in a... I can, I'm really bad with names. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of cheesy because it's kind of like still... It's only like a PG-13 film. So it's like not gory and bloody and the it's it's just really fun. <laughs> Except uh, for the black eyed kids. I really Tob- Tobin Bell and I cheated. Tobin I Bell. Pulled, I pulled up I am Thank you. 
he is in it as a wizard yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to names and actresses and actors and producers and directors i literally have to google because i have the worst memory on the face of the earth <laughs> that's, that's what imdb is there for you're like come exactly like yeah. people are going to be like screaming at me as they yeah. listen to this like how do you not know his name um because i have really bad short-term memory and like, they, that's it it's just jigsaw you're like he's not anything else <laughs> I, know, I know his voice and that terrifies me enough as it is yeah. um to wrap up where can listeners find you on the social medias Ooh, um they can find me i'm like the same handle on everything it's uh, <laughs> be sandler um and then if you want really cute photos of my dog that doesn't like horror movies uh he's on instagram at some Bodie to love oh <laughs> so, i love that um, yeah i'll plug my dog's instagram <laughs> because, like, i'm not i don't know I'll, i tweet about horror movies but that's about it <laughs> <laughs> So please go check out Britain, all the places mentioned and dog as well. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating and review to catch all the shit posting from me. You can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore the same thing at Instagram. I don't really post on that. So it'll be really boring for you. You can follow all of the news coming out of TGF on Instagram, Twitter, at TGF Prod. You've been listening to TGF. See you next Friday.